I guess, I guess we should we should introduce ourselves, right? Because this would hey, be everybody. welcome first thing to the show. Are you here? here? Is this thing on? Okay, sorry. That's <laughs> welcome back to Distracted Driving Podcast. To the you into your show voice. Didn't distracted. <laughs> I did, didn't I? Yeah. All right. Welcome. Sorry. We're just having a conversation here, folks. Just having a conversation. Just having fun. It's uh, it's episode seven, and uh, lucky number seven. It's a good one. It's a good one. Although I have to say, episode seven is not as good as episode eight. Oh, okay. Yeah. So if okay. you're gonna skip one, Teaser. you know, I guess you could skip this one. You can't tell someone to skip. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this one's no good. Don't listen to this at I'm all. Not, listen, I'm not saying it's no good. But here's what I've but realized. But you have to hear seven to get the context of eight. That's true. Because it's all connected. You, you, you wouldn't go out and watch Star Wars 3. You don't want to watch six, uh, Top Gun Maverick without seeing Top Gun. Oh, yeah, right. Right? You, you need the, the context. But, I mean, if you only had time for one... <laughs> Watch the original. You have the same time. But in our case, in our case, you want to watch, uh, listen to episode eight. No, what happened is, um, as usual, we've got a great guest. Yeah, we keep talking. And as usual, story. yeah, we we keep talking, uh, which is fine. That's by design. It's that's what a podcast is for. But this one is actually going to be uh, in three parts because we talked a long time. Long time. <laughs> And, and didn't have a stopwatch saying, oh, time's up. We just said. And I'll tell you, when I, when I go back and I listen to these, yeah, I, I really feel like uh, once we get past that 15-minute mark, that's when things usually start getting good. Oh, okay. We're getting like it's warmed like, up. You know, huh? We're warming up, and then, and then things yeah. get, get good. Okay. But the first but 15 minutes is good, too. The first 15 minutes is good because uh, there's an announcement. Okay. And it's in Latin. <laughs> if you read it, nos, we say it, but nos tetus qua. <laughs> it's Latin. Look for a Latin announcement. <laughs> and there's tetus. and there's there's Jedi mind tricks. Oh yeah, yeah. You're like on a podcast. Uh huh. Yeah, it's great. And you know what? That's probably that's enough. Let's get that's enough. Look, let's, that's let's either gonna hook you or it isn't. So. <laughs> It's a 50-50 chance. Enjoy the conversation. And don't get distracted. <laughs> Driving. <laughs> uh, we got to throw in our title more often, you know? Distracted Somewhere driving. along the line, I'm going to cut that. Okay, so that'll be the first. So now let's see what happens if I hit stop. Welcome to Distracted Driving. I'm Sean Genovese. I'm Rex Williams. I'm Brian Brooks. That's right. We have another guest today, Brian Brooks. Now, we'll get into how we know Brian in a minute. But I, I have an announcement to make. Oh, okay. Announcements. Yeah. I, I, don't, I didn't even tell Rex. I have nothing. He doesn't know. I, I know this nothing. is huge. That's right. I'm starting a new hashtag. Hashtag. 
That that's right. That's right. Hashtag. <laughs> Who was that? That was uh, Jimmy Fallon, right? Justin Timberlake. Jimmy Fallon. Yeah. Hashtag yeah. Just, him and Justin Timberlake. That'd be great. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, so our our previous show was called the Movement Maker Show. I feel like I'm I'm starting a movement. This came to me the other day when I was posting something. Um, I think related to the last episode of the podcast. And um, Rex, you and I were talking the other day about, you know, how do we answer the question, what's the show about? Mm. It's called mm. Distracted Driving, and you keep saying, well, it's not about driving, and it's not. Cars, so what's it about? about what do, yeah, what do, what do all the people that we have on the show, all the, all the conversations that we want to have, what do they have in common? And it's no status quo. It's people that are, are challenging the status quo, that are driving change. They're not content with just leaving things the way they are. Okay. So my, my new hashtag movement announced here for the first time on Distracted Ever. Driving is no status quo. All one no word, no spaces. No status quo. That's right. I've even updated my LinkedIn profile picture. Wow, that's deep. Real time. That's right. Okay. That's right. Hashtag no status quo. Yeah. So I, I did a search uh, on a couple of the, the platforms, Instagram. Uh, I think I searched LinkedIn, Twitter. I searched it? Twitter. There's a, a couple. There's a couple of people, no relation. So I think I think this is this is going to be huge. No it's going to be big. Quo. All right. Well, with that, so everybody, everybody now go use no status quo. All of our live listeners. No, just kidding. We're not live, but um, we're live recorded. Use no status quo when you talk about the show. <laughs> I just want to do this all the time for hashtag. That's right. For our video yes. viewers. For our <laughs> audio viewers, Rex is making a hashtag sign with his two fingers, fingers. on either hand. Yes. <laughs> We'll link to that sketch maybe in the show notes. <laughs> well, Brian Brooks, so thanks for being with us today. You were coming to us from Texas, as I recall. Yes. Ah, the Lone Star State. Um, so I, uh, I met Brian, I don't know how many years ago, a few years ago, let's say. And um, it was in the context, actually, uh, we, we were hiring a bunch of people. Uh, like a bunch, I mean dozens, and um, I uh, I was kind of I was a little disappointed with our our onboarding processes, at least the formal onboarding processes, and and so Brian had come and and I think you were talking to uh, it was me and and Assad and um, yeah the Brian just the managers yeah and. Um, and you were just sharing some of the stuff that you had done with your team. And I remember sitting there and I was like, and I'm, I'm going to hold up my mug here, my I am they mug. Okay. I remember sitting there thinking, yeah, dummy, you, what did you do? You forgot that I am they, what are you waiting for talent acquisition to come up with a big fancy, you know, welcome process? Because what Brian described is like, you know, oh yeah, we just got some cards and uh, we had everybody on the team just sign a, a little welcome card. And uh, we give those to our folks. And I think you had some mugs. Um, and so I was like, wow, yeah, I don't know why 
I don't know why I was waiting for the cavalry to arrive with a, a, a big onboarding. So ever since then, um, I've started paying more attention to Brian Brooks. Uh, he burns up the LinkedIn as a very yeah. prolific um, poster. And I thought maybe to uh, to get the conversation started here, um, you have a a degree like I do in industrial engineering. You've been with your large uh, aerospace defense company for uh, I think about twenty one years, maybe a little bit yes. more. Um, as I look back on my career, so I started with a large aerospace manufacturing company. And have since uh, hopscotched to uh, a few different flex. places. Um, but you're still there. But but like me, you had a bunch of different uh, roles. And so I'm curious, maybe you could just uh, tell us a little bit about how did you end up where you are? Uh, because I suspect that there were some challenges to the status quo along the way. Yeah. I mean, I honestly, I never thought I would end up at a large defense contractor. I... Um, I remember, uh, so I went to Kansas State. That's where I got my industrial engineering degree. And um, it just they, they actually came and did a info session at school. And I was not impressed. I was just, it was, it seemed too big. The person seemed, oh, seemed no. kind of arrogant. Like you should be, you should be wanting to come to us. And it's like, you know, I just get lost there. It's a huge place. Yeah. I think, um, you know, one of the sites has more people at it than my hometown in Kansas. And I was like, you know, I'll just, I'll just get swallowed up. Nobody will know who I am. I'm not sure I want to do this. So I just went back, I went back to home or back to, to my house and um, actually had no internship. And I was going to uh, just go back home. My dad's attorney work in his office, just kind of go for this. You know, it was a gopher, right? I went to the bank. I went to the grocery store. I, I, we actually had real files that we put in file cabinets in alphabetical order. You know that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I got a call um, from, from a hiring manager at Lockheed Martin. I never applied. Um, and um, he said, well, we got your resumes from the career services, like the interview. We're looking for industrial engineers to come to change management and can lean manufacturing. This is the boom of the lean manufacturing days. And uh, interviewed over the phone for 30 minutes and ended up at, um, in Texas for the summer. And 20 some odd years later, I'm still here in Texas, minus the little extent where, where we met each other um, in sunny California. Yeah, minor, minor detour. Yes. A Texas hiatus. Um, now, you've had some, some different job roles. So in my case, I, my job title always had the words industrial engineer in it. I think I'm the only person out of all the people I went to school with that that applies to. And it's, it's fairly rare, I think. Um, but you've, you've had some, some different uh, titles. Um, was that intentional or, uh, or were you following opportunity? Uh, and did you bring your industrial engineering and change management and, and no status quo attitude with you? So I, I'd love to tell you that it was intentional. Like I purely planned everything out, but that's, that would be a total lie. Uh, you know, um, <laughs> yeah, things, happen. I, things just happen. And, and I, and, and I was recently talking to some of our leadership development participants who graduated from the program yesterday. Um, and, and it's really about, you know, you can, you can plan out your career if you want to, but you know, it's, it, that plan's probably going to fall apart fairly quickly. 
that is to focus on making a difference right where you're at, you know, and, and build that personal brand that, that, you know, you've decided you want people to think about you and you focus on that. And then the, the opportunities start coming your way. And so for me, in that 20 years, I've changed jobs probably every two years. And I've worked in production. I've worked in quality. I've worked in um, sustainment. I've worked in um, even HR a little bit. And then now I'm in supply chain, um, buying parts. Um, wow. And so I've worked in all these different functions. And I have brought that industrial engineer mindset, which is process-based, right? Everything we do is process-based. And so it's really helped me. Cause I'm going into an area that I am not, I'm not intimately familiar with. And most of the folks on my team are way smarter at me, smarter than me at that. And so that industrial engineer in me understands how to break things down into processes, um, into little bites that I can understand and remember. And, and then it helps me really ex accelerate my learning in, in those different organizations as I'm trying to learn, Oh, what do we do over here in sustainment? Oh, what do we do over here in supply chain? Um, and in supply chain, I've worked in, well, two uh, different in procurement, you know, in, in development. And, and I'm currently in some international uh, procurement right now. In about two weeks, they're moving me to a different team um, where I'm going to do competitive sourcing. So I'm actually doing the, the comp running competition. So you're going to see in LinkedIn, my title is going to change here shortly after the 4th of July ho holiday. Yeah. And um, I'm going to go learn something else new. You must be uh, a guy that likes to learn things and like to, to learn things. Cause that's, every time you move to a new group, you're kind of starting over, even though you bring all your experience with you. Uh, just starting over, learning what, what, how things work in that, in that area. It is. It, well, learning and then meeting new people because it's, it's always been the, – Yeah, the, yeah. There are a few new – there's a few people I do remember um, or that I have met before within the supply chain organization, that I'll be, but most of them are brand new. And so it's really, really cool to, to learn that. Um, I am, I'm, I'm very structured and planned out. So uh, I do use, uh, and, and one of the, one of the ways that I, you see me post on LinkedIn so much is I'm a, I'm an avid, as you call it reader, but I'm going to say listener because I don't read books because I fall asleep for some reason, but I listen. Um, if I, so I, I go on runs or on road trips and I will listen to books. And so, um, one that I, uh, I always fall back on in when I change jobs and I have been doing this one since 2016, when I got my first manager's position in sustainment, um, is the first 90 days. So if anybody's, if you've ever read that uh, one, it is fantastic. One. Yep. And so I re-listened to it and I develop, I've got a five page 90, 90 day plan. I'm going into my, my role here in two weeks. I've, I'm working through my structured inquiry, doing the one-on-ones with all the team members, getting their perspective on their challenges or opportunities, what they think I should focus on. And I've done 30 of those. I've got all the, I've got real notes with paper and pen that I've taken and, and um, really trying to, it's accelerating my learning because I'm able to, even before I start, I've gotten everybody's perspective. I've got to under, meet them, you know, family, hobbies, kids, dogs, pets, and then their perspective on the team. I'm smashing all that together, and, and that really accelerates my start. Yeah, yeah, uh, Rex. One of the reasons I wanted to have Brian on the show is because I think you two have a lot in common in terms of uh, uh, how did you phrase that? You're a you're a listener, yes, uh, Brian. 
and right. and Rex is the same way. Re- Rex consumes. I mean, I think we all three of us do, but but Rex more than me. He he is a personal friends. I think now with Seth Godin, he uh, <laughs> he yeah, consumes all kinds of stuff. We're, we somebody will mention a, a a book like you just did, and Rex has read it or listened to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, You've just inspired me. I, I'm going to have to put my book on on audio. It's not about management, but that's a that's a good idea. So, the uh, the first ninety days, um, I saw your post on LinkedIn, where you basically crowdsourced what you were going to ask your team members uh, as you interviewed all uh, all the folks that are going to be. That's the new team you're going yes. to, right? The one you talked about after July. Um. So I'm going to assume, although I'll let you tell us, um, I'm going to assume that was successful. Maybe you could tell us a little bit about how that went. And then um, my follow-up question, well, I'll ask my follow-up question in a minute. So uh, first of all, that, that was pretty unique, I thought. Uh, you're, you're crowdsourcing um, you know, what to ask folks as you move to a new new area. Was that? Did you get good ideas from the comments yeah, that people left you? Yeah, I, I think um, so, so. I'm taking some that's straight out of the book. So Rex, probably you've seen some of those those questions that are in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think uh, you know one of the ones that that and, and a lot of times getting affirmation from folks that that's really the right thing to, to ask is you know asking folks you know if they were me put you know put yourself in my shoes coming new to this team um, what what should what would you focus on like if you were me and I think that was one of the coolest mm-hmm. ones because. Um, you know, anytime you think about you think about a new leader coming to your organization, everybody is scared, uh, concerned about the change, and what's this new person going to do and come in? And you flip it and ask them, "So, well, if you were me, what would you focus on? What would you do?" And they're like, "Huh." And I'm getting anywhere from engage the people, what you're doing right now. I'm talking to people to you need to create this dashboard because we don't we, we we need the data. It's all manual, and so I'm getting a, a wide ranging perspectives, which I think is twofold. One, getting perspective, but I think it's going to accelerate my relationships, right? So if I'm not coming in as the know-it-all new leader, because I know way less than they know, and I've got their feedback on if they were me, what would they do? And if I can do 10 of those things in the first 90 days, they're like, wow, he listens, he acts on it. um, And we actually got some stuff done that helps this team. So I think it's, it's, that aspect of, of the last question, I think, is going to be the biggest thing for me. Um, I've completed all of them. Like I said, I don't. I luckily was announced in the role sixty days prior to starting, so I've been able to to complete wow. these before I start. So I don't start for two weeks. Wow. I've completed all those. I'm actually doing seven stakeholder questions. I'm asking the same questions, and then I'm going to compare. So the team thinks this. Same questions. Where the stakeholders think, where do we have alignment? Where do we have a gap? Oh. Right. And so I'll be able to brief that back to the team here when I start in July. Here's what I heard you say. Here's where I think we should focus. What do you think? Um, and and really get us started really quick. So, I mean, it's going to allow me within the first even 30 days, probably by the end of July, because we're hiring. And Sean, when you talked about hiring, we're hiring another 16 people on a team that's only got 40 right now. So we're, we're, we're going to be 50% bigger. Um, in 30 days. And, and so it's going to accelerate that. I'll be able to brief back what I heard from all those people, not only to those people, but to yes. those 16 new people 
So they're going to get to hear what their team members thought. And I think it's not only going to accelerate my learning, but the learning of those 16 new people for the team and get them really clicked in a lot faster. So you, uh, I think, started to to address this, but when you're getting feedback from those people, whether it's the stakeholders or or the team members, do you ever hear anything? You ever hear them tell you something, and you think to yourself, "That doesn't seem right," or or no, nah, I I disagree with what they just told me. So has that ever happened? And if so, how do you handle that? So for in this particular process, I'm wide open minded, right? So I, I, I am not judgmental. I even also, I don't go ask, a, like uh, a lot of people will ask the previous leaders, tell me about the team members. I don't want to know their opinion. I'm asking so that, so that when I am, uh, when I am asking those questions, I don't want to know that this person's on a, like a performance plan and about to be fired. I don't want to know that yet. Let me figure that out and see what they are because I don't want to cloud my judgment. So that perspective, I, I would be changing subject. There is a particular to your question, Sean, about getting some feedback and maybe not necessarily agreement with it. Um, that that's recently happened to me. Um, but it, it's, it's not to this particular role. It's just, you know, I, I, I am a, I'm a leader that's constantly asking for feedback. And, um, there was one recent, thing it's kind of funny you say this about linkedin and stuff is 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 there some there's some feedback about me that maybe i focus too much on the people stuff and not enough on execution and and i think i believe i truly believe this is a thing that that old adage of uh, a strength overused can be a weakness and so maybe people see how strong i come off in in culture in some of the content, the, the stuff that I'm reading and sharing on LinkedIn, that that's too much. And it's, and so I don't necessarily ne agree with it, but, mm -hmm. um, that doesn't matter because it's perceptions, reality others do. And so I have to reflect on it. What is it I want to do differently to be seen, um, you know, as a high performer and, uh, and actually shift those beliefs that are about me that are holding me back. Yeah. And what you post on LinkedIn isn't like the whole picture, right? It's just it is. an angle that people And that's see, a, and, and right? at so. first I can go, like, oh, that's me. I'm not changing who I am. You know, that's their own problem. But that, that, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be that guy. It's like, well, that's just who I am. I, I'm with feedback. Mm -hmm. I, I love I love feedback. And, and I want to um, – I especially love it when it's not just, just keep doing what you're doing. Like that's my worst piece of feedback. You know? You're doing great. <laughs> just keep doing more of that. Like so it's when I get that – but what you're doing there is not, not really helping you. I'm like, sweet. And that hurts for about five seconds. Ouch. Okay. Now <laughs> this is good. I can do something with this. I can reflect on it. I can decide what I want to do differently. Um, and sadly, Rex, maybe it's pretty. So this made me dive into another book <laughs> after, after uh -huh. I got that feedback, I'm like, how can, what can I do? Um, and so I ran across the book, a, a friend of mine at, at HR get, uh, recommended eight steps to high performance by, um, I think it's Mark Efron. I think it's, 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 okay. it's uh, yeah. it's yeah. supposed to be all these scientific studies that say these eight things is what makes people considered a high performer in any industry. And so, um, I wanted, I dove into that book and, and started figuring out how, how could I reflect on what I need to do differently and use some of that, that content to shape things for me. Hmm. Nice. 
So how do you shift those beliefs that that exist from people without sacrificing uh, who you are? I'm figuring that out. <laughs> uh, and I am uh, and I'm experimenting. Right. So I am. There are certain things that you can. So there, there's a really cool. Uh, everything's an experiment. Everything's an experiment. You can. Yeah. You can say, so I, I love to, I love to speak in terms of belief. So if one for this particular instance, I don't know who's thinking this. I'm getting this feedback from another person and I'm, I didn't get, I don't know from who specifically thinks this, but there are instances when I do know who specifically thinks this, I do like to, I like to come out and say, okay, I understand you have a belief about me like this, like I'm too soft, but I, what I want you to think about me is that I am one of the best leaders in this company and, and I deliver some great results um, for this company. Now, there's a gap between that, too soft and execute great results. If I did this X, would that be enough to shift the beliefs? And then I get their feedback. If I, if I were to do these two things differently and provide you this experience, would it shift that belief for you? Is that enough? You're like, yeah, that, that'd probably work. I said, so I'm going to try that. And I want you, I want you to watch for this and I want you to give me feedback as I'm wow. doing it. Um, and then I want you to give me feedback when I don't do it. Um, and so that's a really great method. Um, you just talk about basically the gap mm -hmm. in beliefs, the experiences, the different experiences I'm going to create to shift those beliefs and then ask them, is that enough? And then they can give you feedback if that's not enough. Um, so that's, then that gives me kind of a, uh, a vision of these are the experiences I need to create as I'm doing stuff um, and, and working to kind of slowly shift those beliefs. Yeah. So you come up with it yourself, but then I'm sure you also hear from them to say, well, no, I, you should do this. Some other. Yes. Thing. So then you kind of give them enough. You give them the opportunity, but you start with yourself, right? Cause what we could do is like, well, just tell me what to do differently. And then I'll, you know, and you, you're putting the onus on them to tell you how you shift. So what you do is you start with ideas. I'm going to try this. Is that enough? But then they can add on their ideas. So you're, you're kind of like saying, well, just tell me what else did I need to do for you to help shift this belief for you. But because you start first, they're more open to share their ideas. Yeah. Genius. It's, it's like Jedi mind tricks. Okay. That's it for episode seven jedi mind tricks you'll have He's to good. wait until He's episode eight yes that's right uh we started off talking about top gun we ended up with star wars <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, bet. you bet uh um, yeah no it's good stuff yeah we keep talking so um we yeah, we keep talking wanna... for a while longer and next time we're going to talk about the happiness business we're going to talk about passion. We're going to talk about uh, dirty words. Oh, nice. Or, or words that you should remove from your vocabulary. <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't actually use that word, those titles, in the episode. You came up with that afterwards. I, I did. Did we? Yeah. Oh. yeah. Listen, I'm selling podcasts here, okay? <laughs> talk about dirty words. <laughs> Okay. It's a family will, show. Um, let me just It's, it's let a me family just... show. Is it for the children? <laughs> children. If we talk about it, it's kids the whole time, right? It was like the second half was all about 
This kid. No, that's the third part. Yeah, you're giving oh, too much away. Part. Oh no. Yeah. Oops, All right. Sorry. Okay. Uh, listen, just come back next time and yeah. listen to episode eight. All right. Thanks for watching or listening. <laughs> we are.